You know, Robert Frost said that by working faithfully eight hours a day, you may eventually get to be boss and work 12 hours a day. I've got goals. You probably have some goals. But the bigger question to consider right now, right in this second, is do your goals have purpose? I mean, everyone's got a purpose, right? We aren't here by accident, but we're here by design. So what are you designed to do? You answer that question, you'll find your purpose. See, I like to believe that your purpose is a little more than just trolling the internet or wondering what's for supper or getting a beach body before summer. So look here, Richard Simmons, we're on this big terrestrial ball that's spinning at a thousand miles per hour and circling the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. And before I spout off other numbers to make you feel small, I realize you're just trying to figure out how to get to Little League cheer practice, get dinner on the table and homework done before bedtime. And some of you are out there trying to figure out how to plan for the later years financially or pay the IRS or make more money at work or create a side hustle, you're pissed at your boss, you can't get the kids to call home, and every other piece of newfangled bureaucratic nonsense being handed down by a three-piece suit in Washington, D.C. that honestly doesn't care if you live or die, and they're just trying to screw you in every way they can. I get it. There's a lot going on. And maybe you don't have a whole lot of time to sit around and think about your purposes in life. But here's the funny thing. You only have one life in spite of all of its activities that drain away the hours, the days, the months, and the years. And finding purpose might increase life's meaning. But it also might help you breathe a little easier, make the time pass a little slower, and make, you know, make that time a lot more tolerable and maybe even a little bit more fun. Remember smiling? Remember fun? Remember fun? Listen, we're traveling through life without purpose. Times have gotten a little bit tougher or at least chaotic, and they're definitely not making it easier on some of us. We've gotten to a point where the light at the end of the tunnel has been turned off and we're just sort of finding our way in the darkness. I know it sounds bleak, but I can help you and I will help you. So I'm glad you tuned into the Chad Prather Show. I love y'all. God bless you. Here we go. But man, you ain't getting anywhere if you don't, first of all, discover who you are. And you're not going to discover who you are if you don't know where you came from. You want to accomplish something in life, it's got to be so big that you want to get up in the morning. Passion's that thing that makes you say, man, I can't wait till tomorrow. But discipline is that thing that makes you get up at 5.30. What you choose to feed is what's going to grow. If you feed the negativity, then it's going to continue to pop off in your life. You're going you're gonna to reap negative things. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. It's a whole new opportunity to just stir things up. I'm glad you guys are with us. I don't know, man. I want to explore the space a little bit. Like, welcome to the cave. That's what we're calling it. It's a good look, right? It's a good look. I mean, Shy, give them all the, give them all the angles. Look, I, look at them right here. I can look at them right here. Look back at you right here. It's amazing the stuff that technology can do uh, in an undisclosed location like the cave. It's not quite a man cave. But it feels cozy enough. Got some whiskey. My mother called me on the phone. She said, Chad, the only thing I don't like is the bourbon sign that's on the, uh, on the wall over here. And I said, well, tough, Mom. It's going to stay. Along with the bourbon. Along with the bourbon. Which, honestly, I don't know, Shy. I think I might, you know, I, I, might, we, I might have to have a little bit of this stuff right here. It's, it's, you know, it's a new year. We're getting into it. We're exploring the space. And uh, Shider, we call him Shy for short. Uh, he's not short, but we're going to call him that for short. Little Woodford, little bourbon for the new year, and uh, just to make my mother happy, you know, you know what I mean. I we need we need a good bourbon sponsor for this show is what we need. Uh, or tequila, I don't care as long as you have money, we'll drink your hooch. That's a, that's a good thing. So hey guys, I hope you guys were a week into it. I hope y'all are having a happy, prosperous, exciting, chaos free as we talked about the other night. Uh, a chaos free twenty twenty four. Here's to you guys. Mm. It's good. I. Uh, I have always 
every new year, I've tried to remind myself, I'm not a New Year's resolution kind of person. But this year, here's, here's what I said I wanted to do. I wanted to be more deliberate. I want to live, I want to do things more purposefully, okay? Um, you know, when I'm out on the road, when I'm touring, when I'm doing live shows, sometimes your schedule can control you rather than you controlling your schedule. So <clears throat> I'm trying to be more deliberate with that. I want to make sure that the one life that I have, um, I've lived 51 years of it so far. Hopefully we'll live another 50. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Okay. I might get tired of this whole thing and be like, God, okay, I'm ready to check out. But right now I'm enjoying life right now. It's a good time. Um, but you only have one of those lives and you're going to have some regrets. You're going to have some successes and failures. I want to tell you though about our, uh, our sponsor, United Patriot coin, you know, if you follow me on social media at all, United Patriot Coins has been a good friend of mine for a long, long time. Uh, they are who I trust for gold and silver. A lot of a lot of times, people in their hard economic times are trying to figure out, you know, this you know economic uncertainty that we're living in with all these weird things that are going on in our world. What do you do? Well, I always advise people you need to have some gold and silver. And I know there are people out there who say we well, can't eat gold and silver. Trust me, you need some gold and silver on hand. You need some bullion. You need some coins. You need some stuff you can barter with. There's various things you can use to do that with, but some gold and silver would be a good thing to have on hand. So the folks that I trust, unitedpatriotcoin.com, head over there. You can call them on the phone as well. Talk to Trey on the phone. Tell them Chad sent you, and uh, he'll walk you through all kind of investment opportunities that are out there. So check them out. I encourage you guys to do what I do every you know new year. Go read Rudyard Kipling's great poem, If, in which he talks about how you meet with triumph and disaster and you you treat those two imposters just the same because because winning and losing, they're both imposters because they're both fleeting, right? Uh, there are people who win and they're on top of the world and suddenly they're not on top of the world anymore. Or you uh, lose and you think, this is it. I'm bankrupt. This is the end of life for me. I'll never climb out of this pit. You got to remember, as my, uh, my, my buddy, uh, a great singer-songwriter, Gary Chapman, told me years ago, he says, when you hit rock bottom, Chad, just look around. You'll see my name scribbled on the cave wall three or four times. A lot of you have those stories where you've just hit rock bottom and you come back. And there's some of you that just want to keep wallowing around in your misery. You want to just keep hanging around in your victim mentality. And I've said this for a long time. Some of you I've said it to personally when you want to tell me your problems. I've often asked people, do you want your problems solved or do you want your problems understood? Do you want them taken away? Because a lot of people don't really want their problems taken away. If your problem was suddenly taken away, you'd lose your identity. You wouldn't know who you are anymore. So a lot of times people just want them understood. They want somebody to kind of pat their bobo a little bit, somebody to make them feel a little better about themselves and, and just kind of understand where you are. I know you've been through so much. We're living in a day and age where people are actually manufacturing their victimhood. They're manufacturing their sense of oppression. Look at these A-list celebrities that are out there who suddenly the news starts talking about how they are struggling with their transgender child. Um, Charlize Theron, for instance, um, I think she's got a couple of them at this point. I think um, 
um, Angelina Jolie's got some, Madonna's got some, Will Smith's got one. Everybody suddenly, all these A-listers who have everything, literally the world on a platter, red carpet rolled out to them everywhere they go. Uh, they never hear the word no. Anything they want is delivered. They, they live opulent lives, lavish lives. Everybody loves them, looks to them, wants to be them. The paparazzi follow them, which honestly sounds like a miserable life. Uh, and they would agree. I, I'll be honest with you. They would agree that everything in that glitteration of Hollywood is not all that it was cracked up to be when they signed on to be a celebrity. But they've had so much yes said to them that they now have to manufacture something whereby they can be a victim too. And so when somebody says something contrary to them, they're like, oh, you, you can't say that to me. Don't you understand the plight of what I'm going through? I have a transgender child. I, in fact, I got two or three of them. So you, you managed to find something that was like winning a genetic lottery. I mean, the statistical non-entity, something that's an anomaly in, in, in you know, the human genome scheme. That, I mean, they just kind of are statistically non-existent, historically speaking, to be a transgender person. And now you got two of them in your own household. That's amazing. Could be uh, Munchausen syndrome by proxy, where you have coaxed your children into believing a certain way about their identity and created confusion in them all for the purpose of making yourself into being a victim. It's amazing how far the lengths people will travel to make sure their problems stay intact and they continue to be victims. That's an extreme example, but I think you know where I'm going with that. Because you and I, we're not dealing with that kind of stuff. I mean, we're just trying to figure out how to keep the lights on, right? We're trying to figure out how to afford the mortgage. We're trying to figure out how to pay, how to, you know, how to how to pay the IRS the money that they claim that we owe them. I mean, we've already we've already given them everything but you know an ounce of blood, and they'll take that if they could get it. But we're identifying ourselves with our problems. I want to encourage you to, well, I'm going to say something profound to you. I, I want you to stop. <laughs> Just want you to quit doing it. I, I want you to quit being a victim. It's easier said than done. Uh, I like to bitch about things. I, I like to bitch about things. And if I got somebody that'll listen to me, you know, I, I'll bitch to them. I'll tell them what's wrong. I'll tell them what's going on in my life. I'll tell them all the woe is me crap. And then every now and then a voice of reason, common sense, somebody like, you know, CJ, she'll say, yeah, what you just described really ain't all that bad. It will get better. Actually, it's not. It's really not that big of a deal. And that makes me pissed off even more because why didn't she just pat my bobo and tell me it was, you know, that my problems were probably the worst thing she's ever heard and, and I'll probably die from it. Uh, but when you really think about it, you realize they're not that bad. They're not that bad. Uh, usually they're solvable. Usually I can fix them with a phone call. Usually a conversation will handle a lot of things. Um, if you're living with unforgiveness, if you're living with bitter, usually you can sort those things out if you're willing to humble yourselves and deal with the person that you're at odds with. Uh, and sometimes it's as simple as just walking away. You just walk away from the problem. You walk away from a certain relationship that's become toxic uh, you learn to take the hard road or maybe the high road and, and you just get yourself out of the situation. Listen, I believe from a positive side of things, if, if, you, if, if you're unhealthy, for instance, and you hang out with five healthy people, you'll get healthy. If you're unfit and you're like you're out of shape, you hang out with five really fit people, there's a good chance you're probably going to be fit within a space of about six months. You're going to be a whole lot better off than you are now. If you're broke and you hang out with uh, five or six wealthy people, people who are mentally wealthy as well as their bank accounts are doing pretty well, good chance you're going to start to see a trend change in your life as well. 
what you choose to feed is what's going to grow. If you feed the negativity, then it's going to continue to pop off in your life. You're going you're gonna to reap negative things. We talked about it last week on the episode. You plant corn, you're going to get corn. Um, you're going to reap what you sow. There's going to be consequences of those things. So I want to encourage you to stop. Stop. Make some changes in your life. Now, how do you do that? Well, for those of you who have known me any length of time, you know that I've built my life on four pillars, four principles. Some of you can say them faster than I can say them. It's vision, passion, discipline, and risk. Those four things. I, I'm sort of in a risk season right now. Very risky. I've, I'm taking a lot of risks on a lot of different things, not the least of which is, is this show. We, we unplugged from a beautiful relationship with Blaze Media, came over here to another group of friends when, and networked with them to order to, in order to take this on a more, this show on a more independent route. Now, again, there's more important things in the world going on than, you know, the success or the failure of a podcast. I understand that, but it's important to me. And I'm one of those guys who, if I labored to give birth to something, I'm pretty careful about whose hands I now place that baby in. Uh, and this this show has kind of been a baby for me. And, and I, I try to be careful with that. So this is a risky season, although I think we've made all the necessary precautions to build a great relationship with the new partners here. And we're going to see more success than we've ever seen before. I believe that because I believe in those of you who listen to and watch this show. But this is a risk season. Some of you might be in a discipline season. You might be in a passion season. You might be in a vision season. You know, every new year, people sometimes will put a vision board up. Maybe they'll write it in their kitchen or they'll put pictures of things that they want to accomplish in the next year. Um, a vision is a good thing. In simple terms, it's, it's being able to see beyond your boundaries. It's seeing beyond your horizons. I can't see what's going on beyond the four walls of this studio right now. There may be a major accident or a crash out there. There may be, you know, bodies laying on the side of the road. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what's happening in Israel right now. I don't know if bombs are dropping on Tel Aviv. I don't know what's going on because it's beyond my horizon. I can't see it. I can only see right now what's going on. I see a little red light that goes on and off on these cameras. It reminds me that I'm talking to a lens here and ultimately to you. But that, that's right now, that's my vision. That's my vision. The ability to see beyond your boundaries is a powerful thing. It, it's, it's prophetic in a lot of ways. And I want you guys in these days to develop your prophetic vision. I want you to develop your ability to see beyond the circumstances. I want you to see beyond what the narrative is. I want you to see beyond what the media is saying to you. You read the headlines. You've, <laughs> one of my mottos in life is this. The issue is never the issue. What are they really trying to say to you? What are they really trying to sell you on? What is it they're trying to get across to you that they want you to buy? Because again, they're not doing this for free. They want your mind. They want your will. They want your emotions. They want to be able to control the choices that you make. So you need to be able to see beyond that. The issue is never the issue. When you read the headline, when you hear the news story, what are they trying to communicate? There, there, there's nobody that's amoral out there. Everybody has a conviction towards something, and they want to give you their opinion. I've often said with objective journalism, uh, or I should say journalistic objectivity, when you read a news story, by the end of it, if you know the opinion of the author, it wasn't objective. That was an opinion piece. So learn to see. Use your vision to see what's truly going on in the world. You, you see, for instance, these protesters that are in the streets, they're pro-Palestine, uh, they're anti-Israel, and you say, well, Israel's done some evil things. Yes, all governments of men will do, have done, 
and will continue to do evil things because they're governments of men. But it's interesting to me, those in the street who are crying for a ceasefire are not crying for a ceasefire of Gaza to stop dropping bombs on Israel. They're not crying out for innocent civilians who have been kidnapped and who are still being held from the October 7th terrorist raid on the part of Hamas there in Israel. They're not calling for them to be released and brought back home. They're not calling for that. They're simply calling for Israel to cease fire against Gaza. So again, you got to see both sides of this thing. There's a narrative that's being pushed. They're not pushing for peace. They're pushing for the cessation of hostilities on only one side. So you got to learn to look at the narrative that's being pushed. That's vision. In short, that's critical thinking. That's critical thinking. Well, it looks like a storm is coming in. And you know, the funny thing about storms is they don't care if you're ready for them or not. I want you to be ready when the storm hits. Sometimes when it hits, it's too late. You can't prepare then. You know, there's warning signs, the thunder, the clouds, the lightning in the sky. They let you know that it's time to expect a storm. You also know that the time to prepare for the storm is always right now. Now, I want to help you prepare for the coming storm. I want you to go to my special website, preparewithchad.com. When you're there, you're going to automatically save $200 on an essential three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Over the years, My Patriot Supply has helped millions of American families prepare for emergencies. Your family should be next. Now, sealed inside the ultra-durable packaging is their delicious meals that are going to last up to 25 years in storage and provide over 2,000 calories a day. You're able to eat right whenever things go wrong. And uh, these three-month emergency food kits from My Patriot Supply are going to help you do that. You need one for every member of your family. $200 in savings. You can get enough for each member. They all deserve protection, right? Go to preparewithchad.com. Order by 3 p.m. any given day, and you will get free shipping on the same day. The website, preparewithchad.com. Prepare for the storm. One of the things that I've always tried to tell my audience is if you want to think critically, you start with one question. When something hits your head, when you get an idea, when a thought crosses your mind, what you do is you ask yourself, how am I wrong on this? How am I wrong? If you can answer that question and you can begin to explore the places you're wrong, I, I, I get that all the time. I have people who send me news articles and they'll say, is this true? Well, the first thing I do is I get on a search engine and, and I start a tr usually a trusted search engine because Google isn't always going to be that honest with you. But there's some trustworthy ones out there that will give you a little more fair, balanced uh, uh, viewpoint on things. And I'll start to research. And I try to research from the opposite viewpoint. Those who I know have a different uh, viewpoint of the things of the world like I do. So and I try to see where am I wrong? Is this true? And if I can debunk it, then I just certainly don't want to spout it off. Now, I've been caught in that debacle many, many times. I've tweeted something or posted something a little too early. I love what my friend Dan Bongino has, the Bongino 72-hour rule. When he hears, hears a news story, he waits 72 hours before really commenting on it to see what the real truth is. That, that's fair. I think that's a good way to develop critical thinking skills and also a good way to develop vision and seeing beyond your boundaries. We've joked about it, Shy. I was talking to you earlier about how one of the things that we've said on this show for years and years is I'm always right. Well, I am, <laughs> actually. It's, it's a pretty amazing way to be. I'm just always right. And I joke about that, but the, the reason I'm right more times than not is because of critical thinking, of developing that ability to see what the narrative is, see what the agenda is, and see beyond the boundaries. That's vision. Now, when you see something, and I mean, you really see it, and you catch a vision for your life, like 
Like I, I know we've sat around kind of kind of dreaming a little bit about what we want 24 to look like for us. And many of you have done that. Some of you have done some financial planning. Some of you, maybe your financial planning is you hope you win the lottery uh, or maybe some penny stock cashes in and boom, there you go. You're rich. And it's not a great way to plan, but hey, it happens. And I'm not I'm not knocking it. I hope it happens for all of you. I hope it happens for me. <laughs> but when you get that vision and you see where you can be in 12 months from now, and you know that's attainable, boy, it's going gonna, it's gonna to engage some passion in your life. Passion is being empowered by what you see. And I love passionate people. I, I would much rather be around passionate people, loud, boisterous, energetic, full of life people. I'd rather be around that than the person who's sitting in the corner, sucking their thumb, humming Jesus loves me and eating glue. I don't want to be around that guy. Show me the kid that's climbing the wall. Show me the kid that's coloring outside of the lines. Show me that kid because I can harness that. I, I can do something with that human being. Okay, um, give me give me that whirling dervish. Give me that give me that kinetic energy. I want to have that. I want to have it in my own life. These days, people are so lethargic. They're so lackadaisical. They're so apathetic towards everything. They're they're taking drugs to get energy. We're putting testosterone in a, in a syringe and shooting it in our ass because we don't feel like we felt when we were 18 years old. Guys, I'm talking to you. Hey, guilty as charged. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, baby. But listen, we, we're, we're hormonally challenged. We're eating foods that are not really food. Uh, we're, we're, we've become chemically dependent. We're taking prescription medicines. We're waiting in the back of the Walgreens for them to call our name. And one day Jesus is going to show up at the back door. Stand, stand there and take us to heaven right there from the back of the pharmacy. Uh, <clears throat> it's bad. It's bad, the stuff that we've become dependent on all so we can feel passionate again and feel life again. Man, I'm telling you, you get a good vision for where you need to be and you start working towards that and seeing it. I mean, vivid in real detail. Write it down. Sit down with a notebook. Sit down with a piece of paper and you take out that pencil, not a pen. Take out a pencil. Old school, baby. I want you to sharpen that freaking pencil. I want you to be thinking about what your vision is while you're sharpening that pencil. And I want you to be so excited about what you're about to write down that you're, you're honing the vision even as you're sharpening the pencil. Forget the pen. That's a shortcut. Get a pencil. And I want you to start writing on a notebook, piece of paper, about what your vision is. And I want you to come out with the details. I want you to write that stuff down. And I mean, every little detail. You want a house? What's a house going to look like? Is it going to be made out of wood? Is it going to be made out of siding? Is it going to be a log house? Is it going to be a barn dominium? You're going to make a metal building? You're going to build it out of brick? What the hell is that thing going to look like? And I want you to write it down in detail. How many bedrooms is that thing going to have? What color of the shingles are going to be on the roof? I want you to write it down. Are there going to be shrubs outside? Is it going to be a long driveway? Is it going to be gravel? Is it going to be pavement? Is it going to be asphalt? What's it going to look like? Is it going to be a fence around it? How much land is there going to be? Is, is it going to? I mean, how are you going to? How are you going to landscape this thing? You going to have a pond out back, a swimming pool? What are you going to do? Write it down, every detail. You guys out there, you're looking for a mate. You're looking for a wife. Write it down. I can take you right now to a notebook, a journal that I kept when I was 19 years old with these types of things written inside of it. When when the when the um, when URLs when it when you could buy a website name. Back in, I don't know, when did that pop off? 2006, 2007, something like that, where suddenly you could go out there and buy a .com. First thing I did, first thing I did when I found out it was available, I bought chadprather.com. I bought chadprather.com. I bought various other entities because I said, this is the future. One day, people said, what would you need a website for? This was before social media. 
This is before this stuff started popping off. This is before podcasting. This is before any of this stuff going on in the media. People say, what in the world would you need a website for? What are you going to do? <laughs> I bought chadprather.com. That's the kind of vision. You see beyond the boundaries. You see beyond the horizons, and you take action on it. And you get so passionate about that because with the more detail, man, the more fired up you're going to be about that thing. Because the next step is going to be hard. The next step is discipline. Vision, seeing beyond your boundaries. Passion, inspired by what you see. Discipline, shaping your life to accomplish what you see. This is where it gets hard, folks. If you've truly seen it, you will break your life down into bite-sized pieces and parts to get it to where you start implementing the plan to put that all together to accomplish the vision. That's what that's what's going to happen. That's discipline. You know, we just we've been watching <clears throat> football, college football and getting into the playoffs with the NFL. College football I love. I love watching I, I hate the playoff system the way they got it now. I don't know, it's a mess. But these kids, man, they 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 care. They care because they, they they historically there's been a lot at stake. These days it's sort of kind of turning into semi-pro football where they're getting paid for their name and their image and their likeness and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, you see these college kids and they're such incredible athletes. And that quarterback drops back to pass. He steps up into the pocket and he unleashes a 40-yard pass down the, down the sideline. And there's a wide receiver running. He's got a defender right on his tail. And he lays himself out because you don't know if that ball is going to be, you know, catchable or not. And he's just going to give everything he's got. And he just lays himself out in a full parallel to the ground dive and all the cameras are click, 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 click and the cameras are on him. ESPN is already tuning up their highlight reel and you're going to see this kid on all of the news stations that night and he with one finger manages to pull this athletic athletically amazing catch and just pulls this ball back into his hand. He clutches it, pulls it to his chest and he rolls out, lays down, catches the thing. The crowd in the stadium erupts a hundred thousand people. There's oohs, there's ahs, there's boos, there's cheers. There's all of this stuff. And he lands with the ball. He pops up only to see that he landed out of bounds. That sucks. That sucks. He landed out of bounds. It doesn't matter how athletic and beautiful or what the vision was or how good he looked doing it. The discipline wasn't there. He came down out of bounds. You want to accomplish something in life, it's got to be so big that you want to get up in the morning. See, again, passion. Passion is that thing that makes you say, man, I can't wait till tomorrow. But discipline is that thing that makes you get up at 530. People always ask me, they say, why do you get up so damn early? I got a lot to do. I got a lot to do. And I always joke about how people who get up early, people who do keto, people who do CrossFit and people who get up early love to tell you about it. <laughs> they love to talk about it. But that's great. They're passionate about it. They like to share their vision. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, you go out to the gym right now. You, you go to the fitness center right now. It is crowded. You can't get on any machine. You can't find any weights to lift. You can't run on a treadmill because everybody's made a New Year's resolution to drop some of that fat ass off of themselves. And so they're out there doing it. But what's going to happen in a month? All your favorite machines will be available again. Guess why? Because while they had a vision, they saw the before and after pictures while they were eating Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. Um, <laughs> they had the passion to go out there and buy the gym membership. They didn't have the discipline to keep up with it. Because again, you're not going to see the results for at least six to nine months. Not if you're doing it right. And they didn't have the discipline to stick with it. So vision, passion, discipline, risk. 
If vision seeing beyond the boundaries, passion is being inspired by what you see, discipline is shaping your life to accomplish what you've seen, risk is spending your life for what you've seen. Don't, don't just sit there and aim, pull the trigger. Risk is dangerous. Uh, I got a good friend of mine who is trying to make a very big business decision right now. Um, they can stay exactly where they've been, which is a good place. It's a safe place, but it's a successful place. And they know that if they stay right there in that spot, there's a good chance that in a few more years, they're going to still be in that exact same spot. They'll still be successful. Don't get me wrong. They'll still be successful. They'll still be doing their thing. They'll still be content. They'll be happy. They're living their life's dream. Or they can pull the trigger and go exponentially beyond where they are right now. Now, again, they may fail. They may fail. They may go all the way back to zero. And that's scary. That's scary. But that's the risk. That's the risk. Now, me, I'm like, as I alluded to my friend Gary earlier, Gary Chapman, I've hit rock bottom a few times. Um, I totally, I weep, I ugly cry when I watch It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. I I didn't watch it this year because there's enough going on in the world. I didn't feel like being sad. (laughs) And, And I was like, you watch that, you know, It's a Wonderful Life when he's sitting there on that bridge. And he's contemplating taking his own life because that's his only solution that he's got, just jumping into that icy river. And then his, you know, his guardian angel, Clarence, jumps in. And George has got to jump in and save Clarence. And the rest is history. He sees what the, you know, the rest of the story, he sees the world, what the world would be like if he'd never been born. Um, and it's, it's very eye-opening. If you haven't hit that, um, that um, it's a wonderful life place, of, of standing on that bridge and thinking, what's it all about? Or am I living in vain? If you haven't hit that point in life, you hang on because you will. And when you do, I want you to remind yourself that you listened to a boring podcast from Chad Prather one day who told you that it's worth it to go through that. It's worth it to go through the pain. It's worth it to go through the questioning. It's worth it to go through the doubt. And that sense of meaningless. See, the difference is we talked on the last episode about nihilism and how there's no meaning in anything. The difference is sometimes you may feel meaningless, but you know the meaning is there. You just got to have a good talking to yourself. You're like the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 who had went and, um, you know, uh, indentured himself out to a, a person in the far country and he was feeding the swine and was at the point where he was tempted to eat the, the swine's food as well because he was starving to death. And it says that there in the middle of that pig slop, there's a powerful, profound phrase. It says, and when he had come to himself, that, that is the nature of repentance right there. When he had come to himself, which means he, he'd kind of gotten away from himself. He's lost his identity. He didn't know who he was anymore. He's no longer the father's son. He was an indentured slave feeding pigs in a far country, a place where, his, where he had forgotten his father. Um. When he'd come to himself, he's like, hey, why am I here doing this when my dad back home, he's, he's got all I want to eat and more. I'll, I'll get up and I'll go home. I'll go back to where I know who I am again. Out here, I don't have any identity. I don't, I don't have any sense of self-worth. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home. And that's what he did. And uh, it made all the difference in the world. 
pissed some people off. His older brother got pissed off, man. His older brother with this self-righteous indignation, he was ticked. He was like, you know, he goes out there and wastes the inheritance. I've been here the whole time and nobody throws a party for me. Now they're throwing a party for this wasteful son of yours. Not my brother, this wasteful son of yours. You kill the fatted calf for him. Is You know, come into yourself realizing who you are because maybe you've walked out there in the far country. I've done it. I've walked out there in a, in a place and, and done some really dumb things in my life, really dumb things. And then I've come to myself and then I try to turn over a new leaf and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I want to be a different person. I want to be a, uh, you know, a different man. I want to be a different dad. I want to be a different friend. And people say, yeah, that Chad Prather, he's a piece of garbage. He's scum. And we know what he did in the past. He's not, he can't make anything out of himself. He, nah, and we don't trust him. We remember that time, that one, and, and like half the time it ain't even true about you. It's something that the rumor mill came up with to say about you. What are you going to do? You going to live your life based on rumors about your, about your reputation? Are you going to come to yourself and be who you said you were going to be? Well, I would encourage you to embrace your real identity. It's risky. It's risky. But man, you ain't getting anywhere if you don't, first of all, discover who you are. And you're not going to discover who you are if you don't know where you came from. And you're not going to ever accomplish uh, any sense of destiny without those things. And you're not going to leave anything behind. You're not going to have any sense of legacy. So if you know where you came from, history, you can learn who you are, identity. If you know who you are, you can go forward to a, a purpose. That's, that's destiny. And if you do all those things, you'll leave behind a legacy. Scripture says a righteous man leaves behind an inheritance to his children's children. You know what you can leave behind? You may not have any money, but you can leave behind a good reputation. You can leave behind a good name. You can, you can leave behind the ability to be honest and, and to stand by your word. And, and that handshake means something. Whatever is of value to you, you can leave that to your children and your children's children. But you got to know who you are. You're never going to do that. And you're never going to know who you are if you're not willing to take a risk. So get a vision about where you need to be. Get passionate about that thing. And, and discipline yourself to accomplish it, and they'd be willing to risk everything. Be willing to risk everything you got, because you know what? It's worthwhile. Now, I want to tell you to do it in that order. You got to build it in that order, vision, passion, discipline, and risk. And many of you know what I'm going to say next, because it's so true, and you've heard me say it before, that risk without discipline is recklessness, and discipline without passion is legalism. Passion without vision is hype cheerleading. And vision without faith is meaningless. So you need to grab some faith today. You need to grab some faith in God. You need to grab some faith in yourself. Grab some faith in the community of people around you. But grab some faith. And, and, and out of that, let the vision come forward. And they get very detailed about that, okay? I, I'm telling you, you guys, 2024 is going to be an amazing year. Going to be an amazing year. And they're, they're going to throw so much at us trying to make us believe that we're going crazy, that we've lost our minds. Don't, don't, try, don't try to be logical with insane people. Don't, don't try to argue them off the ledge. Listen, those people are going to throw everything. Don't waste your time online dealing with trolls that probably aren't even real people, bots that have 100 phones programmed to respond to something you say. Don't cast your pearls before swine. It ain't worth it. I'm giving you permission to focus on you. Focus on you because that's what your kids want you to do. It's what your wife wants you to do. They want you to, fo- they want you to be the best dadgum you you can possibly be. Because you know what? You're, you're, your wife, she's tired of waking up next to a miserable man. 
She's tired of that. She's tired of, of you being directionless. She's tired of you talking without purpose. CJ tells me all the time, she says, Chad, the most, most attractive thing about you. And I was like, what do you mean? There's a bunch of attractive things about me. She says, the most attractive thing about you is your confidence. And I'll be honest with you. I don't always feel so confident. I don't. But she puts me in check with that. She checks me with that because when my confidence starts to wane, I remind myself that by and large, naturally, I am a confident person. I believe I can win. I'm an optimist. She said to me the other day, and I, and I, I, I took an opportunity to really, um, I took an opportunity to really do some introspection on this. She said, Chad, you are an introvert. And I said, I'm not an introvert. I've always been an extrovert. I mean, you know, when I die, you can stuff my body and put me in the museum under the, uh, you know, under the, um, the, the display that says cocktail party. I mean, that, that's me. Just stuff me and put me right there holding a bottle of bourbon right there. Uh, she said, you've become introverted. And I thought about it. And I said, in many ways, I have because I've lived a very public life. I've been in front of a lot of people, thousands and thousands and thousands of people, live shows, live events. I travel. I'm all over the country, all over the world. And I do all these things. And sometimes it does get a little exhausting so that when you come home, you just want to chill. You just want to be, you just want to like hide out, you know, just kind of go into the cave. But the difference is, is it's one thing to have the time where you go in and rest and relax. It's a different deal when you become, uh, you become like, King David, before he was king, when he was at the cave at Adullam, and he says, the whole world's forsaken me. I don't have any friends. I don't have everybody. The world's out to kill me. That's a different form of, of, of pulling away. You guys, some of you have gotten introverted and self-introspective self to the point of navel-gazing, feeling sorry for yourself, that I want you, I want you to look up. Come out of that cave because the people who love you need you. They need you. There's some of you out there, you've thought about suicide. You've thought about taking a, a cowardly way out. You, you've thought about, if I just disappear, nobody will miss me. Well, let me tell you something, George Bailey. They, they will. And the world needs you in it. So instead of doing something so extreme, it's going to be a burden and a pain for your tragic pain for your... Um, for your family and loved ones, why don't you just do something a little bit more simple? Get a vision. Get a vision for the days ahead. Get a vision for your future. And uh, let's see if that sparks a little passion in you. Hey, you need to go get a little testosterone shot. Go get the, go get the pellets, dadgummit. There's no shame in it. You got depression? Go talk to a professional. Get a therapist. Talk to somebody. It's good to get some things off your chest. Go talk to somebody. Talk to your God. Talk to your doctor. Uh, you, you talk to your talk to your therapist. Talk to your friends. Get that stuff off your chest. There's no pride in you. What? Who? Who told you that as a man you got to sit around and and you got to be living in some kind of poke your chest out pride? Stop it. You know what? In a few years we're all going to be all bowed over with kyphosis and a hunchback walking around on a walker anyway. Stop it. Stop it. Eventually, time proves that we're all weak. Be strong in the ways that you can be strong, but make yourself stronger by embracing the weakness that you have and working on those things so that you emerge much more positive in the world to come. I'm telling you, you got eternity to live for, but there's only one life on this earth, and there are people who love you and want to see you do the best you can. And 2024 is your year, dadgummit. I believe that. All right. Watchchad.com is where all the fun stuff is. I'm going to be out on the road, man. I'm doing a ton of stuff in Texas. I told him, I said, listen, 
being more deliberate this year. I, I said, I don't want to travel all over the country right now. I want to ease back into my schedule. I want to do a lot of Texas dates because I want to sleep in my own bed. There were, 2023, honestly, I think I could count on, on one calendar month how many nights I slept in my own bed. I was on the road too much. It's another decision that I made. You know what? I'll make less money. And guess what? That's okay. That's okay because I want to focus on you. I want to focus on this show. I want to focus on what I'm doing. I'm going to do some shows out there. And I'd love it if you came. I would love it if you came and hung out with us. Going to do a ton in Texas, uh, 26th and 27th. I'm in Tampa, Florida, Wesley Chapel to be specific at Side Splitters. And then I think in February, we're doing uh, we're doing a run in Arkansas, in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and then down in Shreveport, Louisiana. And I'd love for you guys to come. But other than that, I'm kind of hanging close to the house. But come find me out on the road. We're having fun. We're telling jokes. We're making light of life. We're making light of each other. And that's okay. That's okay. Watchchad.com is where all the fun stuff is. Tell your friends about this show. Tell them, say, you know, there's this guy. He wears a cowboy hat and we like to make fun of him. But sometimes he makes a little bit of sense when he talks about life. So tell them the Chad Prather Show is a place where they can come in here. And maybe you maybe get a little uh, maybe get a little common sense. All right. Take care of yourselves. We will see you in the next episode. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you then.